You know, I think when you look at the lasting legacy of Eugene Melnick, I think you have to look at the fact that he saved this hockey team. The parties that were interested in this team uh, wanted to move it to the United States. Eugene Melnick kind of came out of nowhere and, and bought this hockey team. And all Eugene Melnick ever wanted to do was win. It's unfortunate that he won't be around to witness this team's success because you do feel like that's going to come. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Five Hole Fantasy Hockey Podcast. We are your hosts today, TJ, Zach, and Raj. Hey there. Hey, hey, hey. What do we have today? Trends? Trends. We have trends. trends. Tuesday trends. It's Trends Day. Anyway, we're Five Hole Fantasy Hockey. You guys can find us on Twitter. At FHF Hockey, you can join the Fantasy Hockey Discord, get in contact with over a thousand fantasy hockey fans, and argue about Sean Dursey if you want to, like we were doing five minutes ago. <laughs> um, there is no argument. There is only Zool. So let's get into the trends. First up, news and notes. I want to talk some storylines before we get into injuries. Um, man, Pittsburgh laid it on thick against Detroit. Um, that probably was a make or break game for so many people. Uh, you know, they came back because of, you know, Malkin and everybody just pouring it on or they lost because of that exact reason. So I, my heart goes out to you or, you know, at a boy, whatever, uh, depending on what side of that game you were on. But man, it, it feels like offense is up lately, doesn't it? Just across the league, not just against Detroit, but there's a, there's been a lot of high scoring games. Like that Calgary one in recent memory, uh, just a lot of teams laying it on thick. They're greasing the pox. They're greasing the pox. <laughs> Goals per games up, and I know save percentage is down for the first time in in quite a few years as well. It's good for fantasy. I'm in. Everything's cyclical. Everything's cyclical. Yeah, it'll be fucking Stonewall goalies and everything. Uh, Flurry got a good showing in Minnesota. I mean, Talbot's just as hot. So, I mean, if we want to revisit this one, that was his first game there against Columbus. He had a 920, only let in two goals on 25 shots. What are we thinking? Like, Talbot's 7 0 in his last seven games and playing very well. I mean, our initial reaction before we had seen a single game of Flurry was that, okay, Flurry's going to take volume. Zach, I think you were the only one that disagreed. I can't remember what's like, I know you disagreed, but I forget. How you disagreed? Did you say it was going to be 50-50 or did you say it was going to chug? If you thought that uh, Flurry was going to get the bulk, then I disagreed with that because that's usually the general tone that we can go with. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. I thought it was going to be like a 60-40. No, I believe I did say it was going to be more like a 50-50. I mean, I don't think that they got Flurry to come in to be the starter. I think that they got Flurry because they didn't want to have to pay Capo Kakinen long-term coming up near here in the future if they weren't sure about him and they also have other goalies in the you know in the pipeline yeah i mean jesper wallstead supposed to be real good so i don't think that they were as attached to capo kakinen and didn't want to have to pay him so they can bring in flurry on a you know cheap quick contract and let it be done so what do you do when you have two one a's when you have two hot hands do you just go one and one you know, we're, we're sitting here complaining because of our fantasy and fucking numbers on a screen over here. But this is a team with a wealth of riches right now with Talbot and Flurry. How do you see them going about this goalie spread here? I mean, Talbot was third star of the whole NHL last week. You, you just can't not play him. 
Agreed. I really think that, like, I know last week, to, to answer your question from a few minutes ago, you and I said 60-40 or better for Fleury, and I think Zach said f- about 50-50. I think we were right, but I think Talba's just so good, you can't not play him right now. Seven straight, third star of the week in the whole NHL. I I hope it works out, but Fleury's kind of walking into another bullshit situation for goalies, and... uh you're still not backing off of that we were right thing, huh? That's false. No, I think I think they had every intention of Flurry being the number one goal. I absolutely do. But like I said, you just if a guy's undefeated in almost a month, you have to play him. I, it's a wealth of riches. It's not a bad problem to have. I, I don't I don't see it happening and working in the playoffs. That in the regular season, yeah, they can go 50-50 and they're gonna have a great stretch run to the end of the season going into the playoffs, but in the playoffs, you have to make a fucking decision. Do you, though? Yeah, I think you do. I don't know. You're still going to have back-to-backs in the in the playoffs. You're still going to have road games, home games, where you know a certain goalie might be better at home. I think it's going to remain a split. 60-40 is not that much of a deviation off 50-50. So, I don't know. Maybe there's room for us to both be right. 55-45. Never. <laughs> Uh, talking about the NHL scoring race, um, Connor McDavid closing in on 100 points here. A couple of flames in the mix. A couple of flames in the mix. We got Johnny Gaudreau looking like 2018 Johnny Gaudreau. Uh, Matthew Chuck coming out of nowhere. Not really. I mean, he's been doing it for 60-some-odd games now. But, man, they are coming out of nowhere this year. They are, having a, they are having a really good year. Like, I just wanted to take a minute to appreciate. And, Raj, I'm sorry if, like, this feels like I'm just digging in. I know you guys don't like Calgary too much, but they're they're doing well. They're doing real good. Oh, they are. Yeah, I haven't nothing against Calgary. Honestly, I like Maddie Kachuk. It's it's crazy how up and down they've been. Like from three years ago, two years ago, last year to this year. I was going to say like, even last year. Oh, shit, last year I thought that they were going to take this huge bump and Markstrom was going to be like this amazing talent. Oh, I was see Raj. I was right. I was just off by a year. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so. Here's some news. Uh, Eugene Melnick died today. What? Yeah. The owner of the Senators. Yes. First of all, condolences. Um, well, shit. Like, that news just broke just now. Yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah, sorry. I, You know, it just came up, and we're in news and notes, and this is news. I know it's not fantasy, but, man. Ah, well, that's that. Um, Oh, man, it just feels sad. All right. Uh, Okay, so moving on. Um, Bi-week etiquette. Now, there's either two ways that you can play this. Um, Actually, three ways, I guess, because one is going to be, you know, you got to tread water and you got to drop your dead weight so that you can get to the next week. But the points that you brought up, Raj, before earlier today in our group chat is like, you know, you can you can make your pickups for next week or you can just preach patience on, on dropping some of these guys. But why don't you take that one away? Depending on how your playoffs work, I think the most common thing in like a 12 team is to have six, six in the playoffs and usually first and second get a bye. So people kind of handle it different ways. I, I was looking at a couple of leagues. I have a bye uh, this morning. You know, first thing to do, great. I got a week worth of pickups. I don't have to worry about anything immediate. 
go after the guys I want. One guy I was really excited to see on the waiver wire was Strom, right? Who we were talking about the night before, one of the best pickups of the week, but that was for this week. But then you look at Chicago's week next week when I'll actually be playing hockey, and they only have two games, and they're at the end of the week next week. So if I were to go and waste a, a pickup on Strom now, I'd be kind of burning one of my pickups. That would be stupid. I'd rather leave him on the wire, let somebody else pick him up this week, and then they're going to have to burn a move next week to drop him because he's only got two games. So, yeah, I mean, you want to you wanna really make sure you're looking at your following week's games, uh, and if at all possible, try to get yourself ahead of the game, you know, so you're at the end of next week, you've got a, maybe a couple of picks stashed to set yourself up for the, for the finals type of thing. So just make sure you're looking like a couple of, like at least a week ahead at the schedule. Like I almost burned myself, like I said, on Strom today when great schedule this week when I'm not playing shitty schedule when I would actually have them on my roster. And of course, like as we mentioned last episode too, like this is the time of year where sometimes maybe later this week, somebody's just freaking out, has to get a bunch of blocks for some reason, which means they got to drop an offensive player who on a normal week, they would never drop. So you want to make sure you're sitting right there ready to, to, to pounce on these panic drops whenever, whenever that's possible as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, something close to that, something popped up in the Discord, something I never thought I would see is somebody was like, should I bench Yossi so I could pick up a hitter? Because he doesn't need what Yossi brings to the table. He just needs pure hits. So it's, it's that time of year where you're making these strategic moves just to fill categories if you're playing in that type of league, you know, based on what you're behind in or something like that. So these drops are going to happen. This is the time of year when you want that that high waiver priority and you want to hold on to it. You know, maybe some other people can't do it. And if you're in keeper leagues and somebody drops like, you know, a Landis Gog or an Ekblad, hey, man, go for it. It's, that's house money right there. Uh, OK, so let's get to the infirmary and then we'll do the mailbag and get into trends. OK, so injuries this episode are pretty quick here really only have a couple that are what i would consider i guess notable injuries first is ryan strom um he left sunday's game against the sabers during the first period but gerard gallant did say that the injury isn't serious so he's only down to dance for now but we will see what the lineup looks like against you know titsburg tomorrow they've been putting a shellacking on teams so you know you want ryan strom out there but the Rangers are really good. Not too worried about him being out unless he unless you're a Ryan Strom owner. Then you want to see him tomorrow. But I don't know that he will be in that lineup. So don't get too, you know, don't get your hopes up too much. Ilya Sorokin, uh, one of my guys here, he left the Islanders game yesterday against the Lightning. It resulted in a loss. Sorokin had given up like two goals. I believe it was two goals in like 20, you know, 22, 25 shots, something like that. I don't expect him to be back super soon because we really haven't gotten any too, you know, too many confirmed updates. But I do know that I'm going to miss his, you know, 927 this year and that two and that 2.3 goals against average. Um, he was a great pickup and I got lucky getting him. So I hope he's back soon. I'm worried about it. Before this injury, the Islanders were kind of. They were back to split and starts, like 50-50 for him and Varlamov. I mean, for right now, Varlamov is the pickup. When Sorokin comes back, if they were still doing this 50-50, like, what do you think about Sorokin 
What do you think about Varlamov? I think that Sorokin played his way into that role. Which is strange because he's losing volume. Yeah, I think that he was supposed to be the presumptive quote-unquote backup in, in, you know, in for, for the New York Islanders. But it just didn't work out that way. I think he's outplayed Varlamov this year, and, and Varley has played very well. Like, he hasn't played bad, don't get me wrong, but Sorokin has just played better. So they're, he's been pushing for this 50-50 starts. I do think that he, you know, will go back to somewhat of the 50-50 when he does come back. So I don't think he's going to be out super long. Um, but obviously Varlamov is pick up. Yeah, for sure. It's Sorokin is just crazy. Is uh, kind of crushing him this year, right? Save percentage-wise, winning percentage-wise. New York goal, well, New York City goalies in general are playing really well this year. We won't say all of New York because that just wouldn't be true. Yeah, because Buffalo's Shesterkin's there. on a bit of a skid. All right, uh, last up for injuries, and then we have one update here for someone to get better. So there's some good news. Shove all that bad news in the front and finish it up with some good stuff. This one, TJ, I'm sorry, Zach Krawinski, as you full well know, left the game on Saturday after the first period because he was hit by Jacob Middleton. And, dude, the Blue Jackets just kind of keep on taking hits here. Uh, I will say this. If I were them, you know, what? At, at what point do you just sit him for the rest of the year? If it comes back to, like, you know, bring him back when it doesn't matter, you know, or don't bring him back. What are you going to do? If you're out of playoff contention, mm. what's the point for having Zach Rowenski back in your lineup? I don't know. Didn't even think of that. I don't know if it's too serious. How did it look? Did you see that one? He got he got hit pretty well. Um, and as we know, you know, Zach Rowenski has, you know, a history of, we'll just say, upper body injuries. Mm. Especially remember when he got hit in the face of that puck? Ugh. Oof. Yeah. Well, he took that one like a champ. He did take it like a champ. He looked fucked up. That's when he had the mullet, too. He looked badass in the mustache. All right, we're going to finish <laughs> off with Robin Leonard here. I you know, I never thought I'd say that before in my life, but we're going to finish with Rob- Robert Leonard. He's a participant in practice, so that's some good news. He might be coming back soon, but the question is, you know, what really to expect of Robin Leonard and the Golden Knights in general? But I think we'll get there. So let's just kind of tease that good news and we'll move on right into the mailbag. There's a segue. Jillian, she asked, do we think Leonard is going to be back in time for the NHL playoffs if they make it in? And I mean, right there, I, that, that news came out you know, no more than five or six hours ago. So it looks like he's coming back, which is weird. Well, with Logan Thompson playing so well, so maybe they'll go 50-50 at this rate. But I do think he'll be back pretty soon. I know, you know, there was radio silence on him for a while. Question here from New Feed, New Feeds. Uh, do we think Vander Kane gets power play one back? What do you think, Raj? Uh, I'm sure he'll spend some time there. Absolutely. Like, the thing about Edmonton, though, is power play one and power play two are almost, they, they write it down on paper as different lines, but Dreisaitl and McDavid don't leave the ice. Yep. So they're out there for line one and line two. So That's actually pretty true. So it doesn't really matter if you're on two. <laughs> they definitely give more minutes to the to the primary line for sure. Uh, but I think, as, as always, they always cycle people in and out of that spot. And uh, Kane's just been so much fire. Like, you know he's going to bound to get some shifts up there. As you're talking about this, um, somebody just tweeted, Oilers power play to goal alert because of how infrequently they see the ice. But yeah, it's uh, McLeod and Yamamoto. 
So little yams action. Online too. Oh, power play too. Yeah. Yeah, yams is on the power play too. It's about fucking time. Does that mean Kane is back on line one now? I think they had Puji up there. Uh, that that kind of leads right into my answer is they change things so fucking much mm-hmm. in Edmonton. They change things so much that it's bound to happen. Like there's no way it doesn't happen. Like they are constantly experimenting for whatever reason. Like they are a good offensive team. Yeah, look actually Zach Hyman's back up there. Oh, okay. So I mean, there you go. I mean, things are changing already. Because last game at the Nuge. Two games ago it was Puyarvi and then they switched to Hyman. So here we are. Yeah, Nuge is back up there, no doubt. So second power play is Kane, McLeod, Yamamoto, Keith, and Bouchard. But like you said, two to three of those guys straight up don't see any time because even Barry comes down too. So yeah. All right. Next question is from Heinze. Which teams slash players do we think are going to get a rest in the fantasy playoff stretch? Evgeny Malkin. (laughs) (laughs) Always. I mean, that's, yeah. He gets an end of the season headache every year. Yeah. So let's look at the standings. Let's look at teams who are actually pretty comfortable because there are a couple like i mean you're looking at the metro here carolina 95 points fourth place team has 84 so you're 11 points out of first place that's pretty tight you know maybe pittsburgh once they clinch it's going to be close because even the atlantic man like florida 94 points uh tampa bay 88 toronto boston 87 and then it's just i mean the basement teams are truly basement teams this year Mm -hmm. um so you know, the East is already set. It's just, you know, jockeying for position at this point. So really, I could see anybody getting rest, but also I could see nobody getting rest. You got to start looking at those old guys, maybe John Carlson, maybe, you know, probably not Ovechkin, but I could see Carlson getting some time. I could see, it looks like Bobrovsky's getting rest right now. Um, Florida, you think like they, they sit Barkov or Huberto or anything like that down the stretch, or do you think they let them just coast away to 110 points this year. I mean, I feel like they should. Smart ownership would. You know, save your talent. You have enough young talent, people that you can move up and down that lineup. It, you know, having that on, you know, sitting on the bench for a little bit won't be too bad. Save them for the playoffs because that's where you're going. Put Anton Lundell up on that first line. Let's see what happens. I can see Colorado sitting some players. Absolutely. You know, even McCarr. McCarr because uh you know McCarr gets injured and that would be heartbreaking like Colorado's last what two or three playoff runs seem to have been marred by by injuries so I think they've learned from their mistakes hopefully they've learned from their mistakes and are going to go into this playoff making sure that everybody's there they are uh, 14 points ahead of Minnesota and 28 or 18 points ahead of Nashville so they're pretty comfy they're only 66 games right now but it's looking like they might be a team that could sit some players. I think they will. And um, potentially Calgary at the very end, they're pretty comfortably in, but anybody else in the Pacific can't afford to, to rest anybody. That's for sure. Well, let's look at it from another lens here. Like what about these teams who have absolutely nothing to play for? Do they start sitting some players just because? Yeah. Some guys might want to take an early, early summer, you know, like, although one guy we didn't bring up and I did see some news about price may return next week, uh, for Montreal. Um, there's a few guys there on Montreal, like Petri, Petrie, a few different guys have been kind of injured on and off all year. Montreal could be a team where they just say, you know what, I can just rest up. (laughs) 
rest up for next season. Might as well, yeah. See, but that's the thing. What the hell is the point of bringing Price back right now? What 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 does that achieve? They're gonna sell some tickets. That and just just for Price, like it. he's having a hard time. He's been going through you know substance abuse and yeah. mental health issues. Maybe just like getting him back to a normal schedule, having a job, having something to do. Uh, it would be good for him. Yeah, and you know what? Honestly, I I hate to say it, but maybe to see if he's if he's going to come back. You know, like true enough. Yeah, you want to make sure. I mean, it's serious enough. He, he missed a he missed a whole season here, and it's not the first time it's come up. So I don't want to speculate, but I hope he's I hope he comes back hard next year again. But Montreal as a team could definitely be resting some players because they have no reason to be on the ice. Arizona seems to be having fun though. I mean, they're they're still down yeah. at the bottom. They still it's working out for them they couldn't give a shit i love it team chaos baby all right uh jaeger bombs wants to know our opinions on anthony beauvillier i think that he's a decent streamer but he's just like a feast or famine kind of guy you know and only in points leagues that's what i think about anthony beauvillier steve here jaeger bombs he he plays in a bunch of dynasty leagues so i wonder if if he wants a i would agree with that for redrafts like shallower redrafts uh maybe 14 team or or higher maybe he starts a little look a little more appealing but right now he's half point per game and he's been around that his whole career so that's kind of what i got as far as a read for him i could see him going absolutely nuts one year and getting 70 points but that's kind of that's my view on him i think that would be the outlier yeah and that would only because he would come out and maybe score like, you know, I could see him. He he is the kind of shot and the offensive skill that he could score 30 goals. That's feasible. But do they score enough points as a team for, you know, to sustain him having a 70-point season? Well, I think Lou is going to have a itchy trigger finger this year. They got to be careful with money going into the offseason. I feel like Lou probably wants to start scoring goals. Like stopping goals is all fun, but that's not working this year. So I think they're going to want to bring in some scoring. And with that, you can get somebody like Anthony Beauvillier who might be able to benefit from that. But right now, he's like a 45, 50 point guy. Bring in some offensive talent. I think he could be like a 55 point guy, but I really don't see a ton there. Like we're saying, like the Islanders are not a place for offense at this point. But how long is the fan base and management going to be okay with that being their identity? Long-term, I guess, like one 70-point year would be kind of what I think about Beauvillier. And then we get too excited about him, and then we draft him, and then we hate him because he only puts up 49 the next year. You know, He's just got that written all over his face. I'm just staring at him. Yeah, no kidding. He's the type of guy who'll get 15, 18 goals or so, and 10 of them will be in one month of the season kind of thing. Like He usually has a, a streak. Yeah, that's my read on him, too. Like, they're... There will be one year where him and Barzell just go bad shit. You know, it, it works for both of them, hopefully. But yeah, there's the shots aren't great. The hits used to be good. I want to see. I want to see him come back to what we thought he was going to be three years ago. It's going to take some time. All right, Sidney McGretzky bringing up a fun one. He brought this up before the Carolina game, and he said, "Is Vincent Trocheck going to hit my over bet of fifty-five points?" Hmm. No. At the time. There was only 11 points left that he needed to score in 17 games. He had a two-point night tonight. And before this game, he was on pace for 56 points. He needs nine points in 16 games to hit the over. And with this game, I feel like it's a sign. I think he's going to hit the over. 
56 points. At, I mean, at very least. <laughs> I think it hits. I think it hits. And it's it's coming down to the wire. So this is going to be a fun one. I think we should follow this the rest of the way. Just like a tro check check-in. Of course you the do. The tro check-in. How about that? The tro check-in. Nice. I like it. And I think <laughs> he's trending upwards. He had a cold streak, but... <laughs> Hot tro check-in. You can always tell with him because his hits and his shots on goals go up and then the points come. And he's been shooting and hitting, and the points have been coming. Oh, he's definitely been hitting. He's 10 hits in a two-game span a couple of games ago. Carolina could afford to sit some people, but it doesn't seem like he'd be a guy to want to take games off. Like, But it wouldn't be him. Yeah, you'd be sitting, you know. Aho, maybe. You'd be sitting Aho or something and put and put Trocek on the top line. Exactly, yeah. yes. That, that's only good things for Trocek. But like. I, I'm still, <laughs> I'm fervently still betting the over here. Even if it's 56 points, like, still technically right. All right, that's going to that's gonna bring us into trends here. We're going to start off with the hot guys. So hot guy check-in at this point. Uh, Chicago's top line, they are, they're doing it. So Alex DeBrinkett. I'll take this one. Uh, he's got the best shot volume of his career. Shooting percentage is not outside his norm. And you got to go all the way back to November 21st to get to a point where he was not scoring at a point per game or more. I buy into this one, guys. I really do. Since then, he's shooting at 15%, three and a half shots a game. Chicago's power play is 21%. And as a team, they're scoring almost three goals a game. So I like Debrinkat and the pace he's on. I buy it. I think this one's sustainable. So do I. I've liked to bring it for years. I was in on him real early. So I'm glad to see this one has panned out as well as it has. And he is sustained because I think that was always our, our big thing with Alex to bring it. When is he just going to fall off the map? You know what I mean? And he did have that, you know, he jammed it all into one year. Yeah. All and, his and, bad and games. He, he fell off the map a couple of, a couple of uh, years back, but he's been on it since. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I'm not worried about Alex Dabrinkit. He is fan-freaking-tastic. And they are, you know, so in on him and Kane together. Why else would why else would you not be? Oh, he's playing like 22 minutes a night with, with Patrick Kane. Anything sustainable. That's the recipe right there. That's the recipe. And he shoots. Shoots a ton. Keeping pace with Kane in shots. Almost. Almost. But, like, if you're even in the ballpark with shots... Patrick Kane on the same line that a fuckload of shots coming from that from that top group there. Yep. And what's interesting is Dylan Strom is the one that's that's scoring his goals, all the goals on that line, essentially. Like he's got 18 points in his last 12. Hasn't seen under 20 minutes a game since the eighth of this month. Two and a half shots a game. He is enjoying a 16.8 on ice shooting percentage. So that line is just tearing it up. What do you guys think about Strom? Because I think this is the only one, he's the only player on that line that I have genuine concern about. It almost feels like he's riding the coattails. So for me, as soon as he gets moved off that line, he gets moved off my roster. It's as simple as that. Definitely. And it very well could happen because a lot of his stats show unsustainability. Like he's a symptom of that line. He's not the creator on that line. So if he gets moved off, I'm done. Well, also, we've never seen him do this. Not at this degree by any means. Do you have a hard time buying in, though? 
not if he's on that line. Like when the other guys are putting up, you know, four shots a night each, I'd be really curious to see how many of Strom's goals are like off of a rebound from one of those guys shooting because for them to have that volume of shots and Strom be putting in this many goals, like that's his fucking job. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, in, in fact, I actually want to see for him sure. get goals like that because that's how that's how he can beget points. Well, exactly. That's how that's how he's going to have a purpose on that line because they don't need more shooters. So, if he's getting those kinds of goals, then he's going to stay there. If he's getting goals by trying to be a shooter, they just obviously then they'll put him down to another line, move some shots down to another line. But for now, like. Like I said, the only thing I don't like about him is he only has two games next week is the only bummer. I think he himself is hes probably going to stay hot till the end of the season. Are you thinking about holding him through that week? No, I don't think so. Not in the playoffs because if I have him already on the roster and the week starts out looking good, maybe, but just four days without a game in the playoffs is scary to me. That's tough, yeah. Ten of his 18 points are goals. And he's scoring on one out of every three shots right now. So it's just, it's a huge red flag. Like as much as I love streaming these kind of guys, you know, four days, four days off is hard to stomach. I think he is a good short-term play. Great for this week. Hold him. And if you need to, you know, those two games are going to be really hard to pallet next week. Patrick Kane. I mean, this one, uh, this one just seems like Kane. It's, it's just Kane being Kane. He's a, he's a really good hockey player. He's playing really good. <laughs> He's on pace for 102 points, which is the third best points per game of his career. Uh, he's got the third best shot volume of his career. Third most time on ice he's ever had. He's on pace for 34 power play points, which is the third best power play point production he's ever had. So, I mean, he's having a great year. He's having his third best year ever across the board, which is nuts. Patrick Kane being as, as veteran as he is. Mm-hmm. Kane's being Kane. He's going to keep on doing it. Raj, JT Miller up next, man. He is carrying the Canucks. Uh, what do you what do you see from him? Uh, well, as I said in our group chat, I mean, he's really good. <laughs> and he's playing really good. I mean, he's just, he's fucking awesome, man. I mean, in terms of fantasy, he's, he's almost a perfect player. He's in the top five in the score, well, top 10 in scoring. Tons of hits, tons of blocks. None of this is surprising, and it's a hundred percent sustainable. I think. I think he's maybe a little, a little hot right now, but I, I not much. Like this is this is who he is. He is really, really, really good, and it goes all the way back. Even when he was on the Rangers in Tampa, and why everybody wanted him so much at the trade deadline this year is he, he is legit. Oh, a hundred percent on Tampa. He just didn't have the opportunity uh, being a young guy trying to crack the top six in Tampa. So, And when he was, he was good. Yeah, his points per 60 there and on the Rangers were actually quite good. Um, he just never had a chance. Uh, Vancouver sucked, so he got a chance. And He's uh, he's a real dink, and uh, it makes him play hard every <laughs> night. And the Canucks are, you know, as something Zach loves, he's... They're like on their very last hope of making the playoffs right now. They they're not going to make it, but he's going to play every last game, every last shift. So maybe Halak will too. Oh, gross! Come on, come on, man. Was that was that low? That's low. This one does have a feel of like even if it's unsustainable, it's it's going to be unsustainable all year. I mean, you can't drop him. You can't trade him. You can't so. Yeah, it's, yeah you're gonna, are you going to drop the guy that's 15 points above a, game, a point per game? 
happy days for me and Jayhar and, and just hang on and enjoy it, basically, at this point. Let's talk about the Flyers. Yeah, yeah. Zach, this one's all you, man. Like, I know Farabee's on this list. Um, what's your What's your viewpoint on this one? I mean, for me, as a cynic, like, just the Flyers doing well seems unsustainable. So I kind of just, I chalked it up to that. It's like, nope, Flyers aren't allowed to be good. Oh, I'm not saying it's not unsustainable. But I am saying that since Kevin Hayes has been back, he's been incredibly good. Been a multi-point monster. Joel Farabee was already doing it before Kevin Hayes came back. And when he came back, it just increased. So, you know, maybe it is just kind of like, a you know, it's a shot to the arm. I'm telling you, Joel Farabee is really good. I went over this in depth an episode or two ago, and I said... Joel Farabee is my number one pickup on that team. My number two pickup is Kevin Hayes. And then they both end up on our show on Tuesday because we're talking about him in hot, hot guy check-in. Joel Farabee is fantastic. And, you know, Claude Giroux even said of Joel Farabee that, you know, that kid's going to break some of his records. Like, that's how good he is. He's the first line center right now. Mm-hmm. Joel Farabee. That's weird. According to Daily Faceoff, at least. It's working. Why? Why is that weird, though? Because he's not a center, dude. <laughs> Why are you doing this? Come on, fucking Mike Yo. He's good. Yo, yo, ma. Well, their top power play right now is listed as JVR, Morgan Frost, Hodgson, Atkinson, and Yandel. So any of... Sounds horrible. N- Sounds awful. None of those hot guys are on that top line power play, according to DF. Well, yeah, this the, the second power play is getting more time on ice. So like yeah, I like that second power play a lot better. <laughs> that's the one with TK with Hayes, Tippett, and Tippett. Yeah, so that's that's what I had. Like Joel Faraby has seven points in five. Kevin Hayes seven points in five, and Konechny has seven points in his last four. And all together, Flyers have scored seventeen goals. And all three of these guys, like Hayes and Konechny, were on the ice for seven of them. Three sets of multi-point games for each of them. I, I just think this has a lot to do with like Giroux leaving and all those minutes need to get eaten up by other people. The power play share went up for both these guys. Hayes was, where was he? He was like 16 minutes before Giroux left. And now he's up to like almost 20. And TK is seeing a bunch more power play time at the same time. So like, I don't think they're point per game players, but I also don't think they're like mid fifties where their pace was before this stretch. So I think there's somewhere in the middle probably like close to 55, 60 the rest of the way is where I would peg them. And like this, you know, this hot stretch definitely gives you a head start into that. But as far as sustainability, you're not going to find that in the Flyers unless it's like 13 game losing streak again. That's pretty. I don't think it's wildly sustainable. I really don't. But Joel Farabee is fantastic. He is for real. He is for real. I don't care what anybody says. Buffalo scored six goals. Chicago scored five. There's an 11-goal Buffalo-Chicago game. That's nuts. My Lankinen stream is not working out then, is what you're saying. No. No, not at all. No, it's it's going pear-shaped. I streamed him in a, in a league where the only thing that matters is wins. It's a weird, like, goalies only count for wins and shutouts. So, yeah, it didn't work out. So the next one. He's, he's, busy, he's busy being punched in. He's working the drive-thru, Raj. Arby's catering that one. All right, guys. Uh, Roman Yossi. Um, and then it like it trickled down a couple other 
Predators came in there, uh, Forsberg and Duchesne, like all three of these guys. I don't know. Like if you try, just go look at Roman Yossi's game log and tell me where the hot streak started. Yeah. It was game one. It's game one of the year. It started in like 2015. It's game one. He opened the season with two assists and then he went on a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen game point streak. There's no cold spots. Where he scored a lot of points. He has 63 assists in 64 games. You know, leave out the 18 goals, and he's had a fantastic season already. And there's 20 games left. So he's just, he's basically saying to Kale McCarr, you know, like, I'm I'm still around, buddy. (laughs) Don't (laughs) forget about me. And he's handsome as fuck. Oh, my God. Roman Roman Yossi just winning at life, man. Yeah. Having a, having a life. Uh, he has five games in this stretch of just one point. The rest of them are multi-point games. And only three of them are two points. So, like, that's three points or more. Four-point game in there. Two four-point games in this stretch. It's ridiculous. Uh, like, I don't know. Dude's good. And Nashville is is on another fucking level. It's ridiculous. So It's fucking awesome, man. <laughs> yeah. He had three games in a row where he had three assists. Three games in a row. Three assists. He has four games this year where he has four points. It's insane. It's insane. He's having a he's having a really good year. Two blocks a game, uh, shooting like a monster. He's fuck. A lot of primary points too. Like I like Yossi. He's uh he's gonna keep it going. Very unfortunate for Kale McCarr. <laughs> That's all I can say. Yossi or Headman. Yossi or Headman, man. Uh Forsberg is just he's in a contract year, so he's gonna be good. Uh Duchesne. I don't know, man. He's finally the guy he was drafted to be, and he's fucking 31 years old. So better late than never, I guess, on Duchesne. But he's going to get man. 40 goals this year. I hate that. <laughs> and how many is he going to get next year? 21. Speaking of scoring way too many goals, Anders Lee is next up on our list here. Uh, the shooting percentage is enough to push me away. He's shooting 40% in the last 12 games. 40%. 11 of his 18 points are goals. Five are on the power play. And the New York power play is clicking at 33%. Their season average is 20. I don't know. There's a lot of unsustainability here. But that's what Andres Lee does. He goes on huge runs. And then he goes dead. He deadlines for like a month. That's what he's done this year. It's just crazy. Yeah, but his you know his shooting percentage has never been like you know it's never been low. It's never been forty. It's definitely higher than his you know career average. It's forty. It's never been like crazy low. Yeah, so his his comfort zone is like right around eighteen twenty. Over this stretch, he is he's shooting forty. It seems like him him and Brock Nelson are getting a lot of high percentage power play goals. It looks like. Yeah, he's scoring a lot of goals and he's getting lucky on those shots. And what's even interest, more interesting is that um, the New York Islanders are getting outshot. So, like, they're losing the possession game. They're losing out on those metrics, but they're outscoring opponents 41 to 31 right now. It doesn't make sense. And that's <laughs> no, That's Barry Trotz. That's the Barry Trotz system for you. All right, let's close it out with some, uh, with some cold players here. PLD, Blake Coleman, Sam Bennett, Matt Boldy. Let's start off with uh, Dubois. You know, he's got two points in his last four, three points in his last seven, five points in his last nine. I don't know. 
And then looking at his year, he's a 62 point pace guy. Like that's, it's really not too cold. He's shooting a lot. He's getting good minutes. He's kind of just on the, the realistic side of who he is. I mean, I think we'd want him to do a little bit better than that, but it's not far off from who he is, right? Like 12 points in the last 15 games. So yeah, I mean, this will be his best year. Yeah. And we're still disappointed. Because that's what Pierre-Luc Dubois is. Feels like he should be so much better. Yeah. One of these years he will be, though. It just it just doesn't ever happen. What does Dauber say? I think he says 400 games for a power forward. And we're at 350 right about now. Something like that. I mean, PLD, PLD is the type of guy you could see pulling a cadre, right? Just one year, 20-point bump out of the blue, you know? Oh, my God. I'm going to wake up. As soon as the year is over, it's well, he should, he gets, he gets paid like it. I don't know, man. So my final read on PLD is like, he is where he should be. The cold streak is just evening out a hot streak. That wasn't super hot anyway. Like, you know, there was a four game stretch where he scored eight points, but I don't know. I, I just, I think this is who PLD is. So there's going to be those cold streaks and hot streaks and, it's all going to wind up right around 60, 65 points on his better years. It's weird here. Looking like from game to game, he has some games where 15 minutes time on ice and then 21 minutes and then 16 and then 22 and then 16 and then 21. It's just all over the place. Well, that's the thing. And like this late in the season, it's almost, you know, it's almost time to put a wrap on trends because... I'm looking at PLD stats. I'm like, okay, his IPP is pretty low. His power play IPP is very low. But there's what? There's 16 games left to correct that. Like, it's it's not going to regress to what I expect to be the mean in 16 games. He's not going to have 100% IPP the rest of the way to get him to where the numbers say they should be. And that's the weird thing about hockey is like, it's not it's not like you're building a character in NHL. Like, you don't have 100 points. That's all you get to do. And you can put like 60 towards shooting and then 20 towards skating and this, that, and the other thing. It always is a hundred points worth of stats. Like, you know, sometimes you're unsustainable for a whole year. Sometimes you're over like unsustainably hot for a whole year. Been unsustainably hot my whole life. (laughs) (laughs) Well played. Uh, And then dude, I don't know. Like he's shooting a lot, a lot this year and his points per 60 are going up. But he's just getting unlucky on the IPP. So, like, you know, long term, if we're looking at him year over year and we're making predictions, I think Raj is right. I think we could see like a cadre year out of him. So that is very possible because maybe next year is the year where his IPP goes goes nuts. His really, really good year, his IPP was 71 and right now it's at 55. Power play IPP that year was 60. It's at 43 right now. So, like, maybe that's the ceiling and with the extra time on ice. Maybe we could see 75 points, but it, I just don't think it's going to be this year. Next up, Blake Coleman, guys, uh, our favorite guy to love and then hate all the time. Speaking of disappointments, yeah, man, I I, I want to I want to love him. You know what I mean? Yeah. I do. I want to, and I, and and the whole thing is I I do. Blake Coleman's that ex girlfriend that you just keep going back to, where you know it's not going to work. <laughs> you know deep down in the pit of your soul that it's not going to work, but you keep on going back. And the ceiling's not even that high. <laughs> I know, but like. And he's not even the whole thing is like, okay, number one, uh, he was on a six game pointless streak. So I finally fucking dropped Blake Holmes. I said, you know what? I can't do this, Blake. We got to be done. And then he comes out 
and you know he got flowers for somebody else he got yep. an assist in the first game that i fucking dropped him <laughs> that's the equivalent of you dumping a girl and then the next day they have like an instagram story with another guy out at the bar or something this is bullshit yeah yes i was pretty upset like i saw it and i was like you Son of a bitch. But the whole thing is, he's not doing this Blake Coleman stuff. He's not. Blake Coleman is supposed to be shooting a ton of shots a game because that's what he does. And he's not. He's shooting like one, two, three, zero times a game. He's not hitting like Blake Coleman hits. He's not blocking shots like Blake Coleman blocks shots. Like there's other versions of Blake Coleman that are better out there in the NHL that were like, oh, this guy's a Blake Coleman. And they're better at being Blake Coleman than Blake Coleman is. He's upsetting me. And he gets like shit for time on ice. Man. It took nine goals for him to find that assist as well. So like (sighs) Calgary scored nine goals. He got one point. And in a battle of Alberta, he only came out with three (laughs) hits. So it's fuck. That's true. It it took them scoring nine fucking goals for him to get a single assist. Yeah. uh, The shots are okay. The hits are good. That's what we should be looking for. (laughs) getting warm in here like <laughs> you're getting flushed i am getting flushed it hits close to home i don't know i'm cutting the cord on blake coleman this next one's gonna hit close to home too because i love sam bennett he's like a he's like a blake coleman he's got that kind of build 57 point pace which is fine it's not great it's not what you would expect playing next to jonathan huberto at five on five I'm running really cold he's only got three points in his last 10 games The shots have kind of dried up. There's a couple four-shot games in there. But when I'm looking at it, like this is another guy that's seeing his time on ice go all over the place. Uh, 21 minutes versus Toronto. And then he's got like a couple of 14-minute games. Actually, three 14-minute games over the last 10. Power play time on ice has just cratered. Absolutely cratered. It's time to start looking at him like a a shots and hits guy with some face-off potential if, if you're in that kind of league. Like you're really gonna get a 50 55 point pace out of this guy you, you know and you hate to say it but the only scary thing is dropping him thinking about what he did at the end of the season with florida before but that's when like when he gets comfortable i'm convinced of this when he gets comfortable he does not play well yeah. when he has a chip on his shoulder he plays very well very well hopefully they start benching barkov and huberdo a little bit he gets to bump up a little bit and gives his head a shake and comes back. But he's uh, Coleman and Bennett are really, really similar this year. Yeah. Disappointing or just crazy enticing. Like they're fun. Their potential is there. You, know, you can dream about a life with these guys, but then they just let you down. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it's not going to work out in the end. Yeah. They're just, you know, that mustache. Uh, Matt Boldy. Time on ice is down. Power play deployment's gone. I don't know. He's got like one point in his last 10 games. You should drop him. That's where I'm at. Exactly. He's doing, doing I mean, nothing. you know, that's my cliff notes on Matt Baldy right now. He's got nothing in his last six. Yeah. The hot streak is certainly over. Let me pick up Matt Baldy and then I'll drop him and I'll let you all know. Yeah. Pick him up that day. See, this is why you need a Twitter. Is because you need to like tell people who I dropped so that they know to pick them up. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Hot streak incoming. Exactly. Anytime. Well, I mean, the team, the team's given up on him too, right? Like his time on ice was over 16 forever. And then all of a sudden now the last five, six games, it's been 12 or 13 minutes. So. Well, then they should have given up yeah. on him 
by trading him to the Flyers. That'd have been hot. I'd have been okay with that. Anyway, that's uh, that's all I got for this episode, boys. Oh shit, I forgot to hit record. Just kidding. I wanted to get your reaction, and it was just three seconds of silence, and like, we're not doing this again. We're not doing it. That is it for Tuesday Trends. We got the uh, the mailbag and the weekend preview coming up, so if you guys want to get your question in for Raj and Zach, because TJ is going to be in NJ at my dad's house, uh, celebrating my niece's fourth birthday party, chaperoning my children to Sky Zone, Ooh. and sneaking spiked seltzer whenever I can. Nice. That'll beat me on Wednesday. You guys got the good company, Raj and Zach. So hit them up with any of your mailbag questions and dig it for the weekend preview. But until then, you guys can find us on Twitter at FHF Hockey or find us in the Fantasy Hockey Discord. We love you guys. Love you. Love you.